In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Wonder Woman. Batman. Aquaman. And those three junior super friends, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog. Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of For All Mankind, a Super Friends podcast. For All Mankind is a read-through show covering DC Comics' classic Super Friends series, which ran for 47 issues from 1976 to 1981. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly. And joining me this episode is returning super friend and fellow network all-star, Chris Franklin. Hi, Chris. Welcome back. Hey, Rob. How's it going? It's going great. This, I think you are the first guest to make back-to-back appearances when we are not doing a two-parter. So congratulations. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's, it's, you know, it, it's always so welcoming here in the Hall of Justice, except when the trouble alert goes off. You know, but, you know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a truly, <laughs> truly beautiful building. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Super Friends number 27. Uh, but before we get to that, we must thank our sponsor, InStockTrades.com. This episode of For All Mankind is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. And Stock Trades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 45% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Chris, what do you got? Uh, I picked uh, the Teen Titans, the Silver Age Omnibus hardcover, volume one, because two of the Teen Titans are in this comic. Uh, the writer is, of course, Zany Bob Haney, and the artist is Nick Carty, amongst other people, and Darwin Cook provided the cover. Uh, so in these fast-paced tales from the start of the 1960s, really it's not the start, it's more the mid, late 1960s, <laughs> the sidekicks to DC's greatest heroes, Robin, Aqualad, Kid Flash, Speedy, and Wonder Girl, formed their own team to take on evil. Collected for the first time in a single hardcover, these stories pit our teen, teen team against the Demon Dragster, the Mad Mod, Captain Rumble, and many other far-out foes. Collects the Brave and the Bold, number 54, 60, and 83, showcase number 59 in Teen Titans, one through 19. This is the essential book for the classic Teen Titans. It sure is. Yeah, yeah exactly. It is, it is the essential. It's the essential Teen Titans. If you buy this, then you've got the classic Teen Titans. Uh, and luckily for you, it's on sale. Uh, <laughs> the regular price is $99.99. In stock trade price is $57.99. You save 42%. That is a terrific deal. And I can remember when this book came out with that great cover of the Teen Titans just hanging out and Wonder Girl grooving to the music. And I saw that image by Darwin Cook, and I was just like, make that an animated series of, like, they're in a band or something. Like, the Archies, but it's the Teen Titans. <laughs> I wish they'd just done that. Oh, it's so gorgeous. That would be awesome. I could even see him doing something like that on Teen Titans Go. You know, mm-hmm. and, 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 yeah, that would be a little fun a little fun gag to, to show him, like, like, the Filmation Archies or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It's again, a gorgeous cover. And, yeah, the Teen Titans, the original Teen Titans, you can't beat it. It's a lot of really fun stuff. Just the names of those villains you rattled off. Mad Mod, Demetra, Captain Rumble. Like, <laughs> just like, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> there needed to be a whole who's who in Teen Titans just for all those characters that Bob Haney came up with. That's a, that's a great pick. Uh, I am recommending Aquaman Deep Dives, trade paperback by various writers and artists. 
this uh, dive into uh, dive into both old and new complexities of Aquaman's legacy in this collection of classic tales and new imaginings from talent like Jeff Johns, Mark Wolfman, Tom Taylor, Steve Orlando, and more. Discover threads from Aquaman mythology featuring iconic characters such as Mira, Black Manta, and Aqualad. What personal missions will they embark on and what showdowns will ensue? Collect stories from Aquaman Giant numbers 1 through 4 and Aquaman Deep Dives 4, 6, 7, and 9. That's 168 pages. Normal price is $16.99. In stock trades price is only $9.85. You save 42% off. So uh, for these and all the other trade product needs, visit InStockTrades.com. And we thank them for their support. Uh, all right, Chris, uh, as I said, this is going to be uh, Super Friends number 27. The story is The Spaceman Who Stole Atlantis by E. Nelson Burwell, Ramona Frayden, and Bob Smith. It was on sale September 27th, 1979. Uh, what do you think of this cover? I really like this cover because, you know, I, Superman is, is if you can hear Dandy Dark's Superman from the cartoon, it works better because the, he's being very, you know, well, I'm Superman. I'll take <laughs> care of this, you know. And Aquaman's like, ah, oh, no, you don't. Those are my people and I'm going to save them. And I love the positioning of Aquaman that he's, you're looking at Aquaman's backside. And for those of you who like Aquaman butt, there's a great Aquaman butt shot right there. Uh, but, you know, it, it the way he's coming, I mean, the, the way he's coming around the waves, the eye, like your eye starts at the ship and goes, kind of goes around and, and comes down to the left and then swoops back up to Aquaman, then back up to the ship. It's just a great, it's just a great design by Ramona. I have no idea what the hell Batman and Robin are trying to accomplish. Uh, just <laughs> out of the water. Uh, but, but other than that, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it really is. It's beautifully laid out. And as you talk about the way it, your eye is led to, you know, kind of coming out from the bottom of the cover around in a curve up to the city, you see all the super friends. Yeah. Robin is, uh, he's really optimistic there. Robin is thinking he's going to get anywhere close to the, <laughs> the floating city. Uh, but, but yeah, even though you said you see Aquaman from behind, he is dominating the cover. And of course, you know, I always, I always, you know, don't fail to mention when he doesn't appear on a cover. So uh, this issue is very exciting because he's obviously going to take center stage in this issue. Um, those little Wonder Twin heads, they started appearing on a lot of these Super Friends covers. That was clearly some sort of thing that they decided. I guess the Wonder Twins were maybe they thought they were sales draw or something that they started putting them at the top of covers uh, occasionally as is, that would be the thing that would poke out. I guess they somehow figured that they were really kind of popular and help sell the book, I guess. I guess maybe too, to say, Hey, this is the only DC comic you're going to see the wonder twins in. So here they're in this book. They're not in justice league of America, baby. Maybe that's what they're doing. I don't maybe know. Maybe so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Quite possibly. Uh, but yeah, I said, this is a terrific cover and a good, beautifully drawn by Ramona and Bob Smith. So, okay, let's get to the plot. Uh, Aquaman and the rest of the super friends are headed for Atlantis with the sea King giving the wonder twins a bit of a history lesson. Suddenly, a beam of light descends upon Poseidonus, lifting the entire city out of the sea floor. Superman heads into space following the beam and sees it is coming from a spaceship. The Man of Steel tries to grab the, the dirt floor of the city, but finds a force shield keeps him from getting too close. He then tries to smash his way into the ship, but a blast of red sun energy drains his powers, sending him hurtling back towards Earth. Mira and Aqualad, trapped inside Poseidonus's dome, are worried that everyone will die in just a day or two. As the Super Friends head for space, Superman goes to the Fortress of Solitude to grab a weapon he says they'll need. The Super Friends reach the ship, and they climb onto its hull. Opening a hatch, they see that the ship is filled with water. 
Inside the ship, they are met with ray gun wielding aliens, but the super friends can fight them off. Until one of the aliens brings out a prison ray, which boxes all the super friends into glass cases. The only hero they don't imprison is Zan, who has turned himself into water. While Superman, inside his supermobile, tries to break into the ship, Aquaman gets an idea. Using his telepathic powers, he tells Zan to circle around his prison at tremendous speed so it freezes the water, allowing Aquaman to smash out of it. He then frees the other super friends, and the Sea King grabs the alien leader, demanding to know why they are doing this. The alien explains that they have no interest in studying land-based habitats, but since they, too, are from a water world, they wanted to see how the other water-based societies live. After Aquaman explains the delicate balance of water and oxygen that keeps the citizens of Poseidonus alive, the alien realizes what they've done. The aliens depart, and shortly, Poseidonus is back where it belongs, and Aquaman finishes his tour of Atlantis for the Wonder Twins. All right, Chris, uh, overall, what did you think of this story? Oh, I I really love this one. Uh, This was, uh, you know, I did back-to-back episodes of this show because I bought back-to-back issues of Super Friends. And, you know, when you're age four uh, and you're going to a newsstand, that's a pretty big feat, you know, in 1979. Mm -hmm. So I've always loved this one. This is my introduction to both Aqualad and Mira. Um, I I didn't have any comics with them before. I didn't, um, the, the filmation cartoon was not syndicated in my area that I remember. Uh, I didn't get to watch those episodes. till those superpowers video tapes came out in the eighties and I rented them from local video stores. So, wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So no, no, the, the filmation Batman I watched was the new adventures of Batman. Um, I didn't get to watch the, uh, the previous iterations until those videotapes, uh, I saw Superman and Batman, the filmation versions on their Sesame Street segments. Uh, <laughs> I was a little kid, but that's it. So, so yeah, so this, I, I think I'd seen Atlantis on the Super Friends, because I know the Aqua Cave was on there. Um, so I think maybe Atlantis was on there, uh, you know, but uh, I, I didn't know Mira, no Aqualad. So this was, this was my, this was broadening my DC Universe experience, especially in the, the Aquaman zone. And, and I, I will always love this comic just for the super friends underwater costumes. Yeah. I was about to mention that in this splash page, uh, we see all the super friends headed towards Atlantis. And I, I love that they all get long pants. I don't really know why exactly. In fact, I would think you would want shorter pants when you're under the water. Why would you want to have long pants on underwater? But nevertheless, Wonder Woman and Batman and Robin all kind of have, swim togs uh specifically designed to go underwater it's a nice touch i mean maybe it's i think it's just so they can double as spacesuits later because they even <laughs> say that oh well our underwater suits can double as spacesuits so yeah but it i i love the fact i mean this was you know uh i had met the earth 2 robin already honestly in the uh, all-star comics and then in adventure comics i think by this point but so you know robin though like earth one robin in pants you know wow <laughs> what a concept and wonder woman in in although wonder woman on the tv show had a diving outfit and it, it'd been cool if they made it match but it doesn't but still it's a she kind of looks almost more like wonder girl in some ways mm-hmm. uh, here but yeah i love their suits i don't know why batman's is all blue uh that's my <laughs> only that's my only gripe it should have had some gray in it but uh <laughs> but uh, i would have bought mego figures of these you know if they uh, Mego didn't make variations like every other, you know, superhero toy manufacturer post uh, post superpowers. But if they had, I'd bought the hell out of these super underwater super friend suits. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing is that have, had this comic been out when Kenner had the license, 
you definitely would have gotten variations of Batman and Robin because, of course, the Batman the animated series figures, Kenner never made a variant they didn't like. You know, right. every conceivable iteration of Batman they did. So they definitely would have done Batman and Robin in scuba suits if that had been in any comic book that they could have pointed to. Because they would have been like, hey, let's get it into the cartoon for like one second. Hey, let's make figures out of it then. Would have been perfect. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's a great splash page of, of Aquaman. And again, you'll see this on the website, com. Aquaman uh, taking everybody on a tour. Now, I mean, you know. We're not going to get into the the verisimilitude, our favorite word, uh, of uh, any given Super Friends issue. But wouldn't it have been easier to, like, put everybody in a ship? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, okay, we splash into the water, right? Well, I mean, Atlantis isn't, like, a half mile down, you know? It's kind of far away. It's like... It's like, can can we, can we, can you, you know, like Batman and Robin or even the Wonder Twins? It's like, can we get in like a ship or something? Like, wait, when do we have to swim like a thousand miles to find Atlantis? I know it's easy for you, but the rest of us, well, not Superman, of course, but, you know, for some of us, this is kind of a big, big ask. I, I kind of assumed that maybe the invisible jet is, is off panel. And oh, that's they, there. You go. That's fair. They took it under because they can take it into space. They can take it underwater too. I imagine you know that's so, eminently reasonable. That's the DC equivalent of a no prize that you just yeah, came up because with. because otherwise they get to, well we're at Atlant- at Atlantis now, but Robin's dead. You know from exhaustion. <laughs> like, good lord! Plus, yeah. I got the bends now. I'm I'm really far down. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a beautiful image. I mean, of course it is. It's by by Frayden and, uh, and Smith, you know, again. So uh, we get the, you know, we see Aquaman and he's telling everybody about the, uh, you know, his history. And, you know, just as a comic book, uh, I mean, excuse me, just as an Aquaman fan, this is, of course, really cool that he's getting to take center stage. And then we get to a full-page shot of Aquaman watching Poseidon get ripped out of the ground. And he's like, how could such a thing happen? And it's so funny, Chris, because, you know, up until the last two issues, I've been talking about how the Super Friends hardly ever did full-page panels because these stories were so dense. And then in just the last two issues with you, we've gotten three of them. We've gotten (laughs) three full-page shots. So um, Nelson Birdwell Birdwell is giving Ramona Freighton like a little bit of a break. He's not cramming quite as much plot into these issues. That way Ramona has some room to stretch. Yeah, I kind of wonder if it wasn't an edict from somebody that said – uh, was there a new editor? Was was Julia Schwartz the editor now? Is that it? Still uh, says Julia Schwartz. I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, I don't know how long he's been editor. I can't remember when uh, he took over as editor. But it, it makes me wonder if he wasn't like, hey, these are stories for for a younger audience. Let's let's uh, simplify things. Let's not let's not cram an encyclopedia into each issue. So let's, <laughs> you know. Uh, although you know, we do get like the Aquaman history, like you said on the previous page, and I love that panel where Aquaman is talking about his, you know, his parents being deceased and he looks so wistful. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. It, it, it's just a wonderful shot of Aquaman. You just, you can kind of see the sadness in his eyes. Thank goodness they didn't bring up Aqua baby in this story. I don't think <laughs> no, no kid needs to learn about that story. You know, <laughs> <laughs> my son was murdered by black Manta. Like, well, mommy, right. what does that mean? <laughs> oh my God. What is this? Yeah. When I, when I first learned that, you know, in, in, in timeline wise, it was like the challenge of the super friends like happened right after that. I'm like, mm-hmm. why didn't you kill that guy during that series? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, don't waste time throwing rings around him. Like just beat him to a pulp. Like, what are you talking about? Talking about? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That panel is great where his eyebrows are kind of like 
he's kind of like you know, they're like pointed upwards a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's a great. It's it is a really wonderful little portrait of Aquaman. And yes, there is no mention of Aqua Baby. Uh, thank goodness in this story. The the uh, page where the Atlantis is being ripped up that would be a great a great single page of a comic book to have framed on your wall, almost oh, like. Man. Uh, uh, a Roy Lichtenstein painting, but actually by the original artist, not swiped by a, a hack like Lichtenstein. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hot take. Uh, yeah, no, that would be it. Would that would be a really impressive page to have? Absolutely. I said it's. it's I, I love the uh, the the various members of the sea life are are getting the getting the hell out of there. We see them like, yeah. whoa, what is this? So uh, that's terrific. Um, and again, Superman heads off into space. He gets re- he gets hit by the. Uh, the uh, sun ray that's great and then he falls back down to earth and then we get our appearance of mira and aqualad and as you said this was your introduction to you you know to mira uh and you know hard to beat when drawn by ramona Freyden. i mean look aquaman had a lot of great artists i mean jim apero nick cardi uh you know uh john daly uh, the unsung john daly ramona Freyden. he he did not suffer from from bad artists but the first time you're going to see mira by ramona Freyden, that's pretty good yeah, exactly. I mean, she, she does a wonderful job with her. And I think her Aqualad is kind of trying to split the difference between her original straight haired Aqualad and Nick Cardi's curly haired Aqualad. He's, mm-hmm. he's got wavy hair, you know, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> but it, but it looks good. And I mean, you know, I remember thinking it was cool. I was like, Oh, Aquaman's got a, he's got a Robin, you know, basically, mm-hmm. you know, that's what, that was my thought. And I, this, I think Aqualad was probably the second, uh, sidekick I ran into, you know, I mean, before, before I encountered Kid Flash or Speedy or Wonder Girl, uh, he was the second, the second Teen Titan I, I met here in this hmm. comic. So, mm, yeah. Cool. When I was a kid, uh, the first comic shop that I ever shopped at, I've mentioned this on other shows that we've done, was called El Dorado Comics. And uh, it was the first store that ever had back issues, you know, and it was amazing. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I had to, again, despite my reputation as Richie Rich, I did not have a lot of money to spend. And so I had like, you know, $6 or whatever it was. And I would buy some new comics, but then I wanted to buy some old things. And of course, when you've got very limited money to spend, you have to kind of like get the most bang for your buck. So I tried to find the cheapest. I tended to go for DC uh, over other companies, but not not exclusively. But anyway, I tried to find the cheapest old comics I could because I wanted to learn about old comics, uh, but also get as much as I could. And for whatever reason, Teen Titans, the 60 Teen Titans were cheaper than other series. So I ended up reading a lot of Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got on, maybe they were the ones they had were in worse condition or something, but yeah, I kind of grew up with the Teen Titans. Like I almost as familiar with them as I was the JLA, because I read a lot of those Nick Cardi ones that you mentioned in the in-stock trades pick. Um, so yeah, I was familiar with all of these characters and I just love the whole, idea of it you know what i mean it was just it was like oh cool this is a junior justice league this is cool and i love that aquaman was represented in in that in that team as opposed to say superman who got to do everything uh so it was just cool you know so um so anyway in the next page actually now that i'm looking at this comic again i realize you're you're right because superman takes off into space again and then the next panel they're all in the invisible jet so i bet you're right that the invisible jet was just off panel that's how they got to atlantis relatively quickly yeah, I, I think it's funny, though, that Superman, you know, he flies up and he gets blasted by red solar energy, which I'm like, why does red solar energy instantly zap Superman of his powers? Does it 
like override the yellow, <laughs> the yellow <laughs> solar energy in his cells. I mean, I've always, you know, I mean, under a red sun for like a day, I can get making Superman weaker, but just getting blasted with it. I always kind of wondered about that, but <laughs> I, I do like, I do like that. Of course, EMB mentions, Hey, is this Brainiac doing this? Because this is Brainiac shtick. He's still in the city, <laughs> you know, but it, no, he's not shrinking it, but he's, he's staking a city and Superman's like, Oh, that's not Brainiac ship. So it's like, you know, this, this is off, this is off brand Brainiac is basically what Superman said. <laughs> that's great. I did love that little drop in mention of, of Brainiac. That's, you know, Ian B is so familiar with the stuff and he's expecting your readers to be at least somewhat cognizant of what he's talking about. They figure most everybody knows who Brainiac is at this point. Uh, then we get another full page illustration. Uh, another one of the of the the ship with the Poseidonus uh, under its you know under its tractor beam. Now look at the proportions of this thing. How big is this ship? <laughs> it's as big as the giant salami in Star Trek Four. I mean, it's <laughs> it's 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 as big as that. I think, yeah. <laughs> it can pull an entire city into it. It's that big. I'm like, that yeah. is one damn big ship. I'm like, holy jeez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, again, the Aquaman and Wonder Woman land on top of the ship. And again, Wonder Woman looks great in her space garb. Uh, just looks really cool. Uh, I love, I love, uh, Robin diving into the water. And then we get into inside the ship and they run into these aliens. Now, uh, these aliens that we see here, they are straight out of the filmation cartoon. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, these guys are, I mean, and I don't mean that Ramona ripped it off. I just mean, Aquaman was constantly getting in scrapes with the Bimfabs and other other you know crazy named aliens. He was he hardly ever fought villains on the Filmation show. Once in a while, he took on the Fisherman or Black Mana, but it was it was almost like that guy. I wasn't saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. It's <laughs> it's and these guys are right out of that. So it's like I feel like they walked out of the Filmation cartoon and into this issue of Super Friends because they have they're all magenta. They have little fin heads. They're kind of demony looking. And it's just, I, you know, I can't, I can hear their voices kind of dark and seize him. Like just, they just sound like that. It's, it's a classic alien design. Oh yeah. They, they definitely are. I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause I mean, you know, when I watched that Aquaman that the, the, uh, and I later I got the DVD set, you know, when they put it out. So when I watched, when I watched and I binged it, I'm like, there's a lot of repetition here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of underwater aliens appearing at they're either they're either aliens or they're some alien race that's like even like from an, a deeper depth they're like the trench but less murdery you know uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah so yeah they, they they were always showing up and they always were trying to take over Atlantis steal this steal that do this so yeah it's yeah this is this the, the super friends have crossed over from Hanna-Barbera into filmation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're great. I absolutely love them. I really art wise. I love the panel at the bottom of wonder woman doing the uh, bullets on bracelets routine. Oh, yeah. That looks like it looked to me. It looks a little like will elder from the classic mad magazine. It, it's yes. so, it's so cartoony that I'm like, that really reminds me of those parodies that will elder used to do for the original mad magazine. Yes, it does. You're right. I, I have the collected Will Elder Mad book over here on the shelf, and it does. It looks exactly like that. You're yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. It's like she was really able again to kind of like dial it up and dial it down, the sort of cartooniness of it, because that's like a very cartoony panel, and I mean that in the best possible way. And then you compare it to just a couple of pages that we talked about, Aquaman looking all sad that his 
parents are gone and that's a little more real, but it looks, I just, I love that. She just looks so like excited. She's like, keep it up friends. <laughs> and she's just like, okay. Uh, it just looks absolutely terrific. Um, so then um, the, the, the super friends take on the aliens. Robin kicks one of them in the face. They've got, they've got the flippers built into the pants. They've got kind of footy jammies thing going on. Um, the super friends, uh, again, make quick work of them. There's another great panel where wonder woman, grabs one of the, the uh, aliens with her lasso and uses him to hit about a dozen of her aliens in a row, therefore humiliating them all. Uh, she's just whipping them around. It's just like, okay, you guys are just not much of a, uh, not much of a, uh, a foe against Wonder Woman and her magic lasso. No, I mean, Wonder Woman seems like extra aggressive in this issue. <laughs> she, she just seems like she's like, she was just like wanting to cut loose today. Yep. You know, it's She's like, oh, I got up on the wrong. Steve Trevor said something that really honked me off last night. I really want to kick some ass. I mean, that's just what it just seems like in this issue. <laughs> he called Diana Prince angel again and patted me on the head. So now I'm just, man, I gotta oh, take it out on these aliens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so then we get uh, Superman shows up in his Supermobile. Yeah. Which is awesome. I know you're a big fan of the, the Supermobile. Did you have the, um, the little Corgi toy? I had the Corgi Jr. I never had the larger one, but I had the Corgi Jr. And I've got one now. And I absolutely love that thing. And, you know, my understanding is it, it was developed uh, with Corgi, you know, so it, it simultaneously in the comics. And the toy came out around the same time uh, in the, the, the comic stories, you know, are, are like uh, the covers are drawn by Garcia Lopez. I can't remember if he did the interiors or not when it debuted, but he Superman's fighting a Mazo in those mm-hmm, early stories. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then it like showed up almost instantly on the super friends. I like, mm-hmm. it was on the, on the show. I watched one, uh, a super friends, um, uh, just last week, the one where the three Kryptonian, uh, villains escape from the phantom zone, very much a pre Superman two Superman two, uh, <laughs> and they expose him to red kryptonite and he has to use a supermobile to go out into space and, and get blue kryptonite to like reverse its effects. And it's just all kinds of awesome. So uh, <laughs> I love the supermobile. I wish Mego had made one. I wish the superpowers version had the fists. It's kind of a more simplified version, but yeah, I, I will always dig the supermobile and you can, people can say it's corny and it's stupid. I don't care. It's awesome. So, <laughs> you know, if Spider-Man can have a Spider-Mobile, Superman can have a supermobile. I mean, what's the difference? Yes. You know, I mean, yes. it's, it's no more, unrealistic for Superman to have a rocket ship than it has Spider-Man to have a car in New York city. You know, you can't exactly. park the damn thing. It can climb it. walls. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I you know, it's going slightly off topic. I remember that ad that ran in the back of a million DC comics of the superhero, Superman, Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, and, and Captain Marvel running towards their various vehicles. Oh, and, yes. uh, you know, that ad is gore. I mean, I think it was probably like a continuity associates thing, right? Probably, yeah. It know, looks Adam's, like Dick Giordano. Did Dick Giordano. Yeah. yeah. It's a gorgeous ad. I was always a little cheesed off that Aquaman didn't get a, a car, you know, versus Captain Marvel. Captain, he was always losing out to Captain Marvel in the seventies. That said, Captain Marvel's ride is sweet. That yeah. thing with the lightning bolts. Like, I'm like, that's okay. He doesn't need it cause he can fly. But I, even as a kid, I was like, that's a sweet ride. That thing. Yeah, that's yeah, really him cool. and Mr. Mentor went to the uh, to the uh, uh, car lot and traded in the Winnebago for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's awesome. It, it it looks like a Corvette or something. Yeah, it is, really... it is a cool looking car. So why didn't they make the Aqua sled from the? I from know. The 
I mean, they they made like because I've got Spider Man on a motorcycle, little tiny figure of Spider Man. You can take him off the motorcycle, and I know they made a Batman like that too. So they could have made a little like a little Aquaman figure sitting on the aqua sled. I know. Yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, then Aquaman, um, they you know, they take on, they grab, the, they freeze the aliens, Aquaman, or the, so the aliens freeze the super friends. Aquaman gets himself freed with the help of Zan, as I mentioned. Then they, uh, Zan, they go, go punching out the aliens once again. Aquaman grabs the leader and he does one of the classic patented Aquaman moves, which is the uh, grab him from the back and try and strangle him. And uh, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of the panel, one of my favorite panels from my favorite comic of all time, JLA 200, where Aquaman grabs the crystal Apelax alien by the throat and drags yep. him under the water and he shatters into a million pieces. It is just yeah. a boss move. And I love, love, love the last panel on page 16 where it's a close-up of Aquaman and he's got his thing around the alien and he looks pissed. Like his teeth yes. are gritted. His eyes, he looks like um, Joe Schuster Superman. Like a slits for eyes. Like he is mad. I love it. Yeah, he looks fantastic. And I, I knew you. I knew what you were going to say before you said it. I knew <laughs> you were going to talk about it because that is one of the bosses panels of Aquaman ever. Oh. Where he takes that takes that alien down there and, and just shatters him. That's almost oh. as, that's almost as badass as when he lobotomized that whale dude. With his <laughs> like whoa, yeah. Dude. yeah. You know, love it. Te- speaking of telepathy, I think it's interesting that one Wonder Woman can understand the aliens just like Aquaman, which is, I guess, because back in the day she had telepathy to control her lasso and her robot invisible plane. Uh, And then also that Aquaman could communicate with Zan. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's like he, he talks to Zan with his telepathy and tells him to, you know, like freeze his, his stasis cube. So it'll shatter. Yep. With his cold, he's, he's like a cold, uh, Arctic, he's like an Arctic uh, flow of water or something, and and it's like, is he able to talk to Zan because he's water, or is can Aquaman just like, can he telepathically talk to anybody if he really tried hard? You know, it's like they, I know they skirt that over, you know, in different ways over the years, and I kind of like to think that I don't know. I what, what do you think? What's your theory on that? I took it as that because Aquaman was in the water and Zan was in water form, that that was why it was sort of a special dispensation. But as we know, you know, across the seventies, Aquaman was able to communicate telepathically with humans, every so with humanoids every so often they would, you know, where writer would veer into it every so often. They did it in JLA once where uh, the Aquaman uses his powers to help like sort of shoot telepathy through Superman and like, magnify it so he can communicate so writers would kind of dabble into that and then kind of move away from it again so it could be it really could be either one yeah i, I agree yeah it's a great again it's a great great moment. i love i did aquaman just like he's so mad uh <laughs> and then of course we found out that these aliens were just doing it for basically scientific research and they thought nothing of ripping an entire city into space just to study it uh, so yeah, great. Thanks guys. They really kind of get away with it because they're like, sorry about that. And then the next panel, we see them in, in leaving space and we see the invisible jet and Superman supermobile. And it's, it doesn't say this, but it feels like the super friends are like, and stay out. Like <laughs> it's that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Hey, I, that's what kind of what I got too. At least they didn't, 
he didn't leave them to die like those aliens in the uh, power records, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Me and my people are truly doomed, but life has been saved thanks to you, Aquaman, and to you, my beautiful queen. <laughs> right, exactly. Sound of lapping water, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and then we then we wrap up uh, in Atlantis and uh, or Poseidonus, excuse me. Uh, and the tour continues, and we get one more appearance by Aqualad and Mira with her hair flowing, talking to. Uh, and she says, uh, as you, and she says, uh, uh, the Aquaman says, the most uh, you mean, but it wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be here except for a timely rescue by you and the other super friends. And then Mira says, and as usual, my heroic husband. <sighs> yeah, and she is giving him the look. I'm telling yeah. you, Aquaman's getting lucky tonight. That's all Can I'm going to say. <laughs> people really have to wonder why I liked Aquaman as a kid. Really? Is that a mystery <laughs> to any of you? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, really- I mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Aquaman and Hawkman had it, you know, they, mm-hmm. they had it, they had it yeah. figured out. They weren't, yeah. you know, they weren't idiots like Superman and Batman. They, <laughs> they, they, they sealed the deal and, you know, they, they got, uh, they had the, those great women by their side all the time and shared adventures and other things, you know, so. <laughs> no Silver St. Cloud. I'm committed to my work as the Batman. That's stupid. <laughs> Why? Why are you doing that? That's ridiculous. Exactly. So uh, overall, it's a really great issue. I mean, of course, I'm going to love it because Aquaman takes center stage. And after a bunch of issues where he is either sidelined or kind of, you know, kind of put upon only, to, I mean, he does get the rescue uh, the the alien issue a couple issues ago, but but nevertheless he's you know for a little while he's been kind of off to the side. So it's nice that he gets uh, gets the the you know the starring role here. No surprise, uh, my nominee for best friend is Aquaman because he's he's the main guy in this issue. I can't. I imagine you feel the same. Oh yeah, sure. This is this is Aquaman's this is Aquaman's story. This is you know it's his he, and and I, I love how he is like you know it's not quite as much as you know of course the cover oversells I'm gonna save my people me 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 you know they kind of oversell that but you know he is very determined uh, to to save you know his his he's not the king anymore he even mentions that Volko is the king we never see Volko uh, but he's gonna save his people he's gonna save his his surrogate son and his wife you know so yeah I think it's uh, it's a great it's a great spotlight for Aquaman and. And for me as a kid, I mean, it really did, you know, it's like Atlantis is just so cool. I mean, who wouldn't want to, you know, visit Atlantis? And I mean, that's one thing that the Aquaman movie got exactly right. I mean, you just, you just wanted to stay in the city. I mean, it looked the, the, the kingdom of Atlantis, it looks wonderful. You know, it looked awesome. I thought uh, that, you know, that's one reason, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's such a great concept and, and the way they set it up in just about every iteration of Aquaman, I know you don't necessarily want to stay there the whole time and get into politics every time in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to Aquaman dealing with the kelp farmers and stuff. Right, I don't under, I understand that, but as far as just you know an occasional occasional visit, it's it's you know it's just whiz bang fun, and that's that's what this this issue was, and it does it honestly feels a little bit like the earliest Super Friends, where it's just misguided people who yeah didn't, you know there's no actual villain well we didn't mean to i didn't know that i would was polluting the environment or i wasn't doing this or that or you know and it, it, it but not not quite as preachy and as plotting as the first season of Super <laughs> the geek machine and stuff uh no. yeah and this was probably old home week for ramona Frayden because of course she drew the aquaman strip in adventure for 
like a decade practically. Mm-hmm. So here she's getting to draw Atlantis again, and then again this getting uh, getting a chance to draw these Aquaman supporting characters and Aqualad again. So yeah, it's just a really terrific story, really really fun. Um, so I mean, the villain roundup, and you know, like I said, these are aliens right out of Showcase uh, slash Filmation. So you know, they're pretty pretty generic, uh, pretty stupid. Uh, pretty careless. So, uh, you know, it's not anything that uh, we really ever need to uh, see them again. Hopefully they never, ever came back to Earth. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's an absolutely gorgeous issue. Now, before we move over to the um, gift shop here in the Hall of Justice, where we'll talk about some merchandise. Now, you actually have, you mentioned this last episode, you actually have some Ramona Frayden original art of Mira, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, well, actually, Cindy does, because... Uh, you know, she, she's a big Ramona Frayden fan and, uh, she started looking at, uh, her website. Uh, I think it's catskillscomics.com uh, and uh, Ramona and other artists sell artwork through there. And they had a really nice head sketch of Mira. Uh, and I bought it for Cindy for her birthday. And, uh, so, but once Cindy got that, she wanted, well, I got to get a wonder woman. So, <laughs> uh, she went out and bought wonder woman uh, and then she bought me a Batman where he's looking up at the Gotham skyline and seeing the bat signal. So we've got those framed in our living room now. Uh, so we have a Ramona Frayden art gallery. Very uh, nice. And the, you know, when, um, when Cindy wanted the mirror, I didn't realize that Mira had appeared in an earlier super friends issue that mm-hmm. she pointed out, but uh, I thought, you know, this was probably the first time that she had a chance to draw Mira because, you know, she Mira came along after Yep. Uh, Ramona had left the strip and was, I think she was probably doing Metamorpho at that time. Uh, and, uh, you know, Nick Cardi had created, visually created Mira. But so I thought, well, the, you know, I told Cindy, I said, well, she definitely drew Mira before because she was in one of my favorite issues of Super Friends. So yeah. it all kind of all kind of comes back to this one. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's I, I mean, you know, we've said this before, but I, guys, just go, I mean, you know, not a sponsor, but seriously, go, <laughs> go to, uh, go to that website, check out her artwork. The lady has, I mean, she can still draw just as well as she did in this comic. It's gorgeous. I mean, she's, I, I, I just wish that, I, I mean, I am nowhere near the artist of Ramona Frayden, but I can guarantee you if I make it to her age, I'll never be able to draw as well as she does now or, or, or then or even then. But, you know, no way. I mean, it's just amazing that her skill level is just at the top. It's just beautiful, beautiful. Stuff. Yeah, really. She's like 94 or something now. I mean, God yeah. bless her, you know? It's just amazing. Yes. So, yeah, that's really cool. And you said we will be able to see those uh, pinups uh, on the gallery. Yeah, Chris is going to send those over, and we'll have those pinups in the gallery so you can see uh, part of the vast Franklin collection of original art we've got going on. <laughs> so, okay, now let's say, uh, of course, Chris, you're here. We're going to do another segment of For All Merch Kind. Now, uh, this is a interesting little item. Uh, these are Super Friends air fresheners because why not? You know, why not put the Super Friends on air fresheners? Because, of course, it's one. if there's one thing little kids care about is that things smell good. That's what kids are really, really concerned about. Now, of course, the parents would be buying these and, and putting them in maybe your kid's room because, of course, again, kids are covered in dirt and filth. So uh, why not uh, freshen the room up a little by putting the Super Friends on it? Now, there are actually two different lines of air fresheners. Now, the one we're specifically talking about, again, and you'll see the images on the gallery, uh, they, are, uh, they, they come in a little baggie 
they're, I guess these are like, they're not rack toys, but they are like rack items because that's what they're mm-hmm. meant to sort of hang. And we've got Superman has his own air freshener, Wonder Woman, and Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin, it's them running together. Is that Infantino and, and uh, Murphy Anderson? That, that I believe that's Batman and Robin? Infantino and Joe Giella. Because Joe it's, Giella, okay. It's pulled from a panel from the first uh, blockbuster appearance. And they wow, read nicely it done. And My goodness. Used it, yeah, using on merchandise, yeah. The Wonder Woman is Murphy Anderson. That, yes. that stock shot of her with the lasso. And then the Superman is the Neil Adams Superman of him bursting the chains. Right. Uh, and, uh, and again, you'll see in the gallery, I even found a picture of a, uh, a display that they, it was like a little card and they, the, the three different ones hung off the card. And on the top of the card, they repeat the um, Batman and Robin image. And then they use a Dick Giordano Wonder Woman where she looks really angry. Yeah, and then yeah, and then the um, Neil Adams, uh, Dick Trigeno, Superman, where he's running. Now they're they're cute little items. I never had them as a kid. Uh, I assume you did not either. No, I don't. I don't recall seeing these. I've I've seen them over the years, but in person, I don't remember seeing them. I, I remember, um, you know, the closest thing I remember that was in kind of a similar package with this a similar kind of header card was Super Friends slipper socks. Because we'll have to get around to those one of these days. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but I, I, you know, I would have probably tried to coax my mom into buying these if I'd seen them in the checkout lane of, you know, the local Howard's or if we went out of town to Kmart or Hills or something, I probably would have, you know, tried to, oh, mom, please, please buy this, you know, and mom would probably like, what does a Batman air freshener smell like, you know? <laughs> Justice. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, the real reason I wanted to talk about these is what you see on the back, on the back yes. of the card is a uh well first of all i do want to mention no there's no aquaman uh which is unfortunate because once again aquaman is ruled out i mean i know things shouldn't smell like seaweed or whatever but still i wish aquaman was was represented uh i mean you could have made it smell like you know like water or something i don't know i think that would be too bad but the thing again the thing that's that's really unique is on the back of the card of these packages is an original comic strip featuring the super friends and it says fight litter Super Friends air freshener, and you've basically got its four panels of the one of the, the Super Friends noticing how people are just leaving trash all over the place. There's a kid in a park who's eating like a, a popsicle, and he's throwing the the wrapper onto the ground. Batman and Robin are presumably in Bloodhaven, I guess, where there's like a wrecked car, and there's like I don't know where I don't know where this is, but good lord, this is like a disaster area. And then you see Superman uh, pointing out that there are people that are cleaning up the park. And he says, litter starts when people get careless. And it stops when people start caring. And it ends with the four of them standing there talking about that litter is a blight. And uh, a clean country is worth fighting for. And this looks, does this look like um, Vince Coletta to you? I feel like this is wholly him. I, no, I, I kind of feel like it's Ramona and, and really? Vince Coletta. Yeah. I can I can't feel like it's her. I mean, I could be wrong, but the way that Robin's hair is drawn and stuff and Wonder Woman's hair kind of reminds me of hmm. of Ramona during this period, but it does look like Vince Coletta's inks. Yeah. 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 You you know what? Now that I'm looking at the heads, I can see what you're talking about. That Wonder Woman looks like what I just talked about, like the Will Elder Wonder Woman. Yeah. So that yeah, that could be it. But uh I I never again, I never knew that I knew these existed. I didn't have them. But I didn't know until I did the research for this that they, on the back of the package, it came with a little comic strip, which yeah. I thought was great. I thought that's a cute little bone. And they could have not done anything. They could have just left it blank. So I love that they made the effort to like do a little 
piece of original Super Friends material on these air fresheners of all things. And I mean, it's perfectly fits the Super Friends because you can just imagine the, you know, the interstitial, the shield yep. coming up. With the, you know, yep. it's just, yep. <laughs> you know, with them talking about, you know, you know, litter is bad. You know, you should throw, use proper waste receptacles to, you know, throw your trash in or something. You know, you can just hear that music playing behind this. It's completely dead on. I mean, yep. you know, I do think it's funny. It looks like Wonder Woman's going to dive bomb this kid throwing away the popsicle thing. <laughs> <though>. Stupid <laughs> punk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's, a, again, I think that's a fun little, little detail. I love that they made the effort to do that and pay, like you said, as Ramona or, or, and uh, Vince Coletta just to do a couple of panels. I think that's a, it's a nice little detail. So uh, yeah, that's a, uh, you know, another little fun piece of, of super friends merchandise. And as I said, you'll see it over on the gallery over at fine So Chris, Thank you once again for coming back to For All Mankind, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me. I, it's always a pleasure, and I was really glad that you let me cover these two issues because they, they're kind of my – even though I had an earlier Super Friends issue that, you know, of course we covered where they introduced uh, – not Wendy and Marvin. They introduced Zan and Jane of the Wonder mm-hmm. Twins. Uh, you know, these two issues, I don't know, they just kind of always jumped out at me as being like – I think I was a little bit older, and I was – you know, I remember being excited when I bought these comics, I actually remember buying these two comics. So, uh, you know, yes, Michael Bailey, I was only four, but I remember, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, but, was but, it at that drugstore, that same drugstore that you uh, and well, Cindy I, both you know, shopped at? The, the one I got at convenient. I think this one I got at Eastside pharmacy, which is the drugstore up the street for me, not the drugstore that Cindy's mom worked at. Gotcha. So, okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Her mom did work there at this time. So, you know, who knows? I was amazing. I was amazing. interacting with my future mother-in-law buying comic books for years. <laughs> and I hope you get used to this because this is what you're going to be seeing of your son-in-law forever. That's this is what this, this is not going to change. Right. Come to my house and see what's all over my house. You know, exactly. Exactly. So, okay. I mean, Chris, everyone knows where you are. You're part of the network, but why don't you tell them what you, uh, you and Cindy are just started to work on. We are launching, relaunching, uh, JLU cast because we are jumping into justice league unlimited. Yes. We're finally there at the giant, the giant conglomeration of all DC heroes minus Firestorm. Uh, <laughs> they're all there in the Justice League Unlimited series, and we are beginning coverage this March. So check it out. Uh, it's a great place to jump on. It's, it's in my opinion, the apex of DC animation. It's the, it's, it's the culmination of the DC animated universe. It doesn't get any better than this. So join us as we discuss it. Absolutely. It's a great show, and uh, we're so glad to have it back on the network. So uh, again, Chris, thank you so much. I want everybody uh, to stay tuned. I'm going to play some podcast promos. And when I come back, I'm going to do some listener feedback. Hey, Mike, have you heard about my new podcast? Oh, what's that? Oh, it's where you talk to people on your computer and then put it out on the internet. Yeah, yes, I know what a podcast is, Paul, but, but what's the show you're doing? Yeah, I'm going to talk to people on my computer and then put it out on the internet. And, and uh, what's this called? Uh, since it's a chat show and I really want to talk to interesting people about interesting things, I thought I'd call it something that was you know, self-explanatory, like Dial F for Flanger. Right. Dial F for Flanger. Cool. I, I look forward to my guest spot. When are you going to have me on? Uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, I'll, I'll get back. Wow. Well, if you'd like to hear Paul chatting away on this Dial F for Flanger show, you can find it on the Waiting for Doom Network. 
Hey, Snoopy, wake up. It's time to brush our teeth. Good grief, it's time to brush your teeth with your Snoopy toothbrush. Brushing right makes you smile bright with your Snoopy toothbrush. Snoopy makes you want to brush your teeth. Good grief, it's time to brush your teeth. It's fun to brush your teeth with Snoopy. Happiness is a battery-operated Snoopy toothbrush by Kenner. And we're back with listener feedback, and this is the feedback we got for issue 26 of For All Mankind, where my guest was Chris Franklin. Uh, first up is Cellar Dweller. He says, hello, Robin, Chris. Greetings from snowy New Jersey. Where are you, Cellar Dweller? Uh, <laughs> because I'm in uh, snowy New Jersey as well. I have to start this post discussing both sets of junior super friends. As you've stated, the comic treated them much better than the cartoon did. I always appreciated that they were portrayed in ways to show they actually had brains. Since joining a Facebook Super Friends group, I've met a few members who, like Rob, preferred Wendy and Marvin to Zane and Jaina, so you were not alone, Rob. It was great to see them come back, even for a brief cameo. Ramona did a wonderful job aging them to look like young adults. Remember, in issue number nine, they both left to go to college. As a huge Wonder Twins fan, I will admit this issue gave me mixed feelings. While I enjoyed seeing the twins using their brains and not being fooled, it would have been nice to see them actually use their powers on panel. Regarding your comments about sharing our stories where we found comics, I think that's a great idea. And if this happens, I will be happy to share the story of the first comic I ever bought. Duly noted Chuck. That might be something uh, that we have to get to here on the network. Uh, next up is Rob McCarthy, who says, I think objectively, the Wonder Twins have to be better than Wendy and Marmon. Come on, they have powers. Fair argument, Rob. But I, again, I think the thing I kind of like about Wendy and Marmon is that they're more distinct in that they are kind of, you know, they're on, they're not powered. The Wonder Twins, I don't know. It's just a personal preference, but you make a good argument. Uh, Paul Ken from Our Very Network says, awesome issue, awesome podcast. I, too, love this issue. You have good taste, Chris. I'm not reading ahead, so I have not read these since they first came out when I started reading it. But when I started reading it last night, I was like, oh, I remember this one. Hard to forget, high-heeled Batman. A few other notes. I, too, am very dubious of the gadgets. I love the scene where the crooks unmask. Fantastic contrast that Ramona made. I can hear the smoky voice on faux Wonder Woman, too. I enjoyed the cameo from Marvin and Wendy. No idea where the Riddler image is from. I seem to recall him holding a crossword, but this one doesn't ring any bells. I think my favorites, though, were the corresponding splash pages of bad guys and good guys. A close second are the corresponding Batman kicks. Great art and effects. I loved how they mirrored each other, and it was definitely unusual for Super Friends. Thanks, fellas. A lot of fun. Thank you, Paul. Sean M. Myers from the very same show on our network that Paul Kian is from, Batman Family Reunion. This is another great episode. That's to be expected with Chris as a guest. I can echo every sentiment about this issue. It's one of the best of the series. I'll be the first to admit that I love supervillains and I'd like to see them, especially in the Superfriends comic, but the story shows how effective regular non-superpowered villains can be when written well. Thank you, Sean. Dr. Ange says, another great episode talking about another issue I bought at the time right off the rack. The cover is pretty dynamic, but even young Ange knew that Batman didn't wear heels like that. The inside story of people imitating all the super friends was fascinating. It is a little surprising it took the boot to make the twins suspicious. Does that mean wits can imitate Batman's voice? That the other crooks are super friends lookalikes? I suppose this was a time where the lookalike plot was common. I have to agree that the page of the crook killing the Batman in his wingback chair is pretty violent for this book. But a grenade? Really? Won't that kill everyone? Lastly, I have talked about my fondness for Wendy and how Jaina is closing the gap. Here we have them head-to-head. I gotta say, Jane and that panel with Gleek is pretty fetching. Hmm. Thanks again for a great episode. Looking forward to the next one already. Thank you, Ange. Brian Linton says, It happened again. The high-heeled bat boots. The full-page assassination of Bruce Wayne. Jane is Super Friends Charm Bracelet. Like Super Friends number 19, I think this is another issue that I've read before. I obviously have more of a history with this book than I ever realized, and that scares me. 
What other events in my past have I forgotten? Do I have a criminal record? Do I have another wife and child somewhere? Do I have millions of dollars stashed away in a forgotten Swiss bank account? Perhaps the graphic image on page 11 led young me to block the entire series from my memory. Thanks for another amazing episode and for the best existential crisis I've had in years. Now I'm excited to see if there are any other issues that I've read before. Uh, Brian, if you do have a forgotten Swiss bank account and then you do find it again, please let us know. Uh, by the way, um, patreon.com slash fwpodcast. Uh, Mike Thomas says, great episode, guys. I enjoy this ep- podcast for every month and always am glad when Chris is either on as a guest or for all merch kind. I bought most of the issues back when they came out, so the images you post always bring back great memories from decades ago. By the way, I think this is the only cover of Super Friends in which there is no image of Superman, or at least an image of an imposter or duplicate of Superman, so that kind of makes this issue unique. Thanks for a great discussion, as usual. Thank you, Mike. I mean, again, I'm, again, I'm not reading ahead, uh, but I'll have to check it out, but I, I think you might be right. That might be the only time Superman doesn't appear on a, a cover of Super Friends. Doug Van Diver says, uh, with all their mighty powers, albeit simulated, the ultimate undoing the super frauds was Johnny Witz's, Johnny Witz's Suds Uggs. That's the genius lunacy I come to Super Friends hoping to find. The part that tickles me the most, though, is that the end of this adventure, which heavily involved those ubiquitous, convincing rubber masks, all the cool kids got one, I hear. Johnny watches two randos, mostly in, appearing to be the Fleming siblings, for no reason other than to show him that Xana and Jana aren't them. Yes. That would only work if Johnny unfathomably forgets right then that people can wear rubber masks and impersonate other people. But sure, I'll buy it because genius lunacy. Russell Burbage says, great job, fellas. It's always a pleasure to hear Christian Rob because it's clear both of you love Super Friends so much. As for this issue, I remember this comic not only for the cover color scheme, Lake Green Background really makes the Batman pop, but also for the hook of trying to figure out how the Wonder Twins knew this guy wasn't the legit Cape Crusader. I'm a sucker for puzzles and quizzes, so I sickly remember staring at the cover until I noticed Johnny's disco boots. Then I read the story. I also remember for it for its violence and for the, oh my God, Wendy and Marvin. I'd love seeing Wendy and Marvin again. I'm sorry that they never came back again. Me too, Russell. And then finally, Captain Entropy says, great issue and great episode from two of the network founders. I remember the issue, but I had no idea the villain was truly a recurring one. All the junior super friends acquitted themselves well. As little Captain E, I was so pleased with myself when I figured out the clue like Angie and Russell did. Looking at the cover now, I think my self-congratulation was unwarranted. Ramona telegraphed it hard. She knew her audience, I guess. Waiting impatiently for the re- reappearance of the Overlord. Uh, yeah, Captain, I think he comes back one more time. Again, I'm not reading ahead. I'm trying to keep it as fresh for, for myself as possible. Uh, I don't know why you're that excited about it, though. Uh, anyway, thanks, everybody, for the comments. Very much appreciate it. It's always great to read the feedback we get here from for all mankind. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Big thanks to my pal, Chris Franklin, for coming back another uh, for another episode and talk uh, super friends with me. Always a good time. And, of course, check out JLUcast if you're not already. But, of course, I know you all are. Uh, you can follow uh, this show over on Twitter at For All Mankind SF. You can find all the back episodes on our website, findwaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the show on any podcatcher of your choice. And then finally, if you want to support the Fine Water Podcast Network, just go to patreon.com slash fwpodcast. And there you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be name-checked on a show of your choice. So big thanks to Chuck Dill, Stanford M. Brown, Gord Tolton, and David Gutierrez for their support of the Fine Water Network. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for listening to For All Mankind. Join us next episode when we will look at Super Friends number 28, Masquerade of Madness.
NFW TV podcast.